So our program tonight is something I had been wanting to do a long time. Um, in fact, I wanted to do it a few years, some years ago when there was this book called Streets and Sandman's Guide to Chicago Eats. Uh, but I kind of I hit them at the wrong cycle. But later on, so I'm really thrilled. So the moment I saw your name, Dennis, I immediately remembered this book and I, I Googled to check, check myself and went, darn it, we're not missing him this time. I immediately contacted you. Uh, but meanwhile, a few years later, we had the Beat Cops Guide to Chicago Eats. Um, they came for a culinary Chicago Foodways Roundtable meeting. I did not know that these people were kind of comedians and did radio. It was quite the meeting. It was quite the meeting. It went off in directions I didn't plan it. But it was great. It was great. But tonight's topic is no catch-up uh, with Dennis Foley, our speaker tonight. Hey, everybody. And uh, Kathy, I'd like to first start off just by saying thanks to you for putting this together. Um, and uh, everybody that's out there, too, I appreciate you coming out uh, to jump in on Zoom tonight and to uh, we'll have some fun. I know, um, you know this is the uh, fourth book that I've had, and typically we have a, uh, a release party. And I always enjoy the release parties because, you know, I, I'm from the Beverly area on the far south side. We tend to have them in a little pub somewhere and get a band to come out and play. And, you know, we, it's it's kind of turns into a big party and we get a chance to, uh, you know, have people grab a bunch of books and it's a great time. Unfortunately, with coronavirus this year, uh, that obviously didn't happen with this book. So I'm kind of looking at this as our release party here today. So we'll have some fun with it. And, and please fire away the questions that you have. Um, you know, starting off, the, what I'd like to say, first of all, is, uh, um, you know, it might sound a little bit strange, but when I sat down to write this book, I wasn't intending to write a book about hot dogs at all. I, uh, had, uh, I have a, a memoir that I wrote and also a novel. It's set in this, both of them are set in the city of Chicago. And I was working on a, um, another novel set in the early 1900s Chicago centered around the, uh, the old Dill Pickle Club that was around in the, you know, 19, uh, you know, 15s, 20s, and, you know, and fell apart later on in the 30s. Had a good first chapter. And as I went into the second chapter, all of a sudden I went brain dead and I, nothing was coming to me. So I went out that day and uh, had a couple, knocked down a couple of hot dogs. And then lo and behold, hot dogs. That's kind of how I got rolling on this. But, you know, what I'd like to do today uh, to start off with um, is, uh, you know, we'll talk some about dogs and you guys can throw me, you know, some of your, uh, your, your suggestions about your favorite places. Maybe we agree, maybe we disagree. But when I wrote this book, you know, I, when I researched, you know, there's been the, the Chicago hot dogs been written about and blogged about a bunch. You know, you, you can find stuff online of just about every, you know, dog place going. And uh, I wanted to have fun with the reviews, but my focus for the book was really to tell the stories about the mom and pop owners, because that's something I don't really feel uh, was, uh, you know, that they weren't given their just due in, uh, you know, these writings, uh, you know, online and, and, and some of the other works. So I wanted to focus on those stories about these, uh, you know, somewhat iconic, you know, hot dog stand owners. Um, so in that light, what I'll do today is, uh, and by the way, I do want to, not that I'm trying to push books here, but I have some freebies I'm giving out today. We're going to have a, there's a, there's a, a little quiz I'm going to throw at you. So we will give out a copy of No Ketchup, 
So uh, when we get some correct answers on the quiz, um, I'll get an email from somebody after we're done and I'll, I'll get a book to you. Um, another one of my books, The Drunkard's Son, we'll give that away as a copy. Um, the uh, novel, The Blue Circus, which came out two years ago, uh, we'll give that away to somebody. And then there's a, a story collection here. Um, I was fortunate enough to be one of the editors in this book, but we have uh, pieces in here by people like Rick Kogan, Stuart Dybeck, um, you know, and then uh, a lot of uh, additional great Chicago short story writers, essay writers, and, and poems. So we speak Chicago East. So I'll be giving those away today a little bit later, too. But, uh, you know, so continuing in this light, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of those uh, places, those that, that the, you know, some of my favorites, the, the places with the stories that kind of drew me in, those stories I wanted to share. So after I go through those for a little bit, you know, feel free to fire away with questions at that time. And then I'll go into, you know, some of the favorites and some of the other stuff surrounding some of these places. But I thought one of the interesting things that I found going to talk to these uh, different mom and pop owners was how they came to, you know, how they came into the business to begin with. What was it that caused them to jump in and say, hey, you know, I want to be a, I want to run a hot dog stand. Um, and what I found was kind of common in, in uh, a number of the of these uh, dog owners was it just happened by happenstance. And in, the, in this way, I'll start on the south side first and then move off there a little bit. But I like to call them the Fat Brothers. They're not related. There's Fat Johnny's, which has been it's at a uh, 72nd Western. And it's been uh, and Johnny uh, Polakowski. He's been serving hot dogs since 1968 started on a cart first uh, for a few years. Then he moved into, um, in 1972, his parents gave him and his brother uh, the land there on Western Avenue to go ahead and open up their hot dog stand. Okay, and the other fat is uh, Fat Tommy, um, and he's in the Mount Greenwood area on 111th and Whipple on the corner there. So Johnny likes to say, you know, one thing about him is I, I always think is kind of interesting when you go over to Fat Johnny's to order a hot dog. You know, he's uh, he's been out of commission a little bit. He's got two bad knees. So he's got the he's overseeing things, but he has a couple other people running the show right now. But when he's in there you come up to the window and it's a it's a raised platform. So as you look in to order your food, you're really basically looking in at the gigantic belly of Fat Johnny. So I always thought that was kind of interesting. As you go there, you see this man, and uh, he's got a lot of stories. But, you know, how did he come to open this place? He was a young buck. He had just come out of high school, um, and he was working at the Nabisco plant at 71st in Kedzie, and he had just started there. And lo and behold, there he is for a few weeks, you know, maybe a month tops, and the drivers went on strike. So the whole place basically shut down and he knew that the ax was about to fall. So some old timer that worked there with him told him, hey, man, I've got a I've got a hot dog cart. You want to go ahead and buy it off of me for 150 bucks? So that's how he got started. He, uh, you know, if Nabisco hadn't gone on strike uh, with the with the drivers, we may not have a fat Johnny's today. And it's become one of the, you know, in my opinion, one of the best dogs in the city. Um, I have it listed as the top dog on the south side. But, uh, you know, if that hadn't happened, maybe he's over there still working and getting ready to retire at Nabisco. But because of that strike, he went and opened up that dog stand at 69th and Damon, and then later moved in to uh, start it up the stand at 72nd and Western. So then to the other fat, uh, Fat Tommy, 
And he basically, you know, named the place that is a bit of homage to Fat Johnny. You know, he really liked the Fat Johnny dog. And so he went with Fat Tommy to kind of have that same magic working for him. But Dan Coogan and his buddy, Tom Brakey, you know, uh, Dan's out skiing at, uh, at some resort, a uh, you know, little resort up in, uh, in Wisconsin, and he falls down the hill and breaks both of his uh, thumbs in, in both hands. And he's got pins and casts and he can't do anything. He says, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't work. He was working, you know, doing some, uh, some you know, blue collar work at the time. And he came up with the idea, a hot dog cart. So if this guy doesn't break his thumbs rolling down the hill after a fall in a slope in, in Wisconsin, yeah, he's not in the hot dog game. But that's how he came into play. Um, now, one story I wanted to tell you, and it, it, I tell you, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to go and visit. I know um, I had never really been out there. Uh, you know, when I went out to these different hot dog stands that I went to, you know, from my work with the city years ago as an electrician. Um, you know, I had gone to a lot of these places, but I went back to each one of them to go ahead and have another hot dog. I didn't go in and saying, hey, I'm writing a hot dog book. Um, let me have a hot dog. No, I went in, I go pay for my dog. I don't say anything. I take it outside. I eat it. And then if I liked the dog, I went back in with an information sheet about the, about the book I was writing and then was asking people for interviews. That's how the process kind of went. Um and uh, um, it was uh, funny, the thing I'll say about uh, Fat Tommy, too, when I went in to see him and said, hey, you know, I'm Dennis Foley. I wrote, uh, he goes, he, I said, I wrote The Streets and Sandman's book, and I'm doing a book on the hot dogs now. And his first words to me were, how come I wasn't in The Streets and Sandman book? You know, so I said, hey, take it easy. Now you're going to be in this book, and uh, don't worry about it. You'll be okay. But uh, the story about uh, this ride I was talking about, a lot of these places, I said, I had already known and they were my old faithfuls. But I took suggestions from a number of uh, foodie fanatics, too, uh, hot dog guys that I know and I kind of trust their opinions. And that's how I kind of came to make a few discoveries. So one of these discoveries is a place called uh, the Launching Pad in Wilmington. So about 15 miles south of uh, Joliet. And uh, I tell you what, you know. It's uh, it, it was it's a great place to just you know you're going on Route to 66, take a nice leisurely ride, and you end up at this place. They're per, I mean they're temporarily shut down right now because of COVID. They have a, a lot of folks that work for them that are uh, you know up in their years. So until things kind of clear up, you know they're, they've been mindful and they're waiting to jump back in. But this is how they got into the hot dog game. Um. So picture, uh, it's, a, a, it's a, a young couple. They're not married. You know, they're in their 40s. Um, the, the gentleman's name is Tully Garrett, and uh, his fiance is Holly Barker. So they wanted to go antiquing. And uh, somebody suggested, oh, you should go to Wilmington. So they take off on this leisurely ride through, you know, to head to Wilmington. And as they're getting there and they come right into town, they see this, you know, 28 30 foot tall statue. It's one of the muffler men there, right there at the edge of town. And uh, there's a number of cars parked and people are all out there, you know, taking pictures of this guy. And he is the Gemini giant. So he's one of the, uh, he's one of the guys uh, for people that are route 66 buffs. People come in not only from other States and, you know, or, and also parts of Illinois that come see him. 
but they have uh, rough last year, they had 126 visitors from other countries that came to eat at their place and to, you know, um, to see the Gemini giant. He's uh, he carries that kind of fame on route 66. So he's there and they, they come up and they see this green man decked out with his astronaut um, helmet and he's holding on to a rocket in his hands and they, uh, they stop, they pull over. And you know, the place itself was closed and it looked like it was about ready to be bulldozed. It had been closed for five years. So they go up and they talk to a few of the people and find out that you know, one of them was in visiting from England, someone else was from some other country. They talked to some other people that were from other states. And they thought, this is pretty cool. And they left, went and did their antiquing. On the way back, they saw a, about three or four more cars there with more people taking photos of the Gemini giant. So they got, got out and talked to him again. And then Holly walked over and took more of a peek inside the, uh, you know, the, the actual restaurant itself. And, you know, as she said, it was spooky. It looked like it should be a scene from Jurassic Park. It was beat up. It was that, it looked like, like I said, ready to be bulldozed. And as I wrote about in the book, you know, if that place was bulldozed, what happens to the Gemini giant too? So at that point in time, they went home and they decided that we want to go ahead and buy this place. And that was the start of that process. Um, that story in itself is cool enough, just that they went and kind of read, you know, and now they brought this place back to its, uh, you know, glory days of it. It's a 1960s diner kind of place. It had been run by the Corlick family for over 40 years before the gentleman bought it and then let it fall on hard times. And then these guys came in and bought it. But the other part of the story that I really enjoy was, uh, you know, hearing how, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason, as they say. So these two people, you know, both of them, uh, their spouses passed away from cancer. And they were both grieving. And they didn't know each other at all. One person was up in Canada. The other person was here in the, you know, in the Joliet area. And uh, they went to a grieving site online. And that's how they met each other, through this grieving site online. And from there, you know, after a number of months of, you know, sending stuff back and forth and getting to know each other, they decided to meet and they hit it off, you know, and got engaged. And the two of them, along with the three combined kids from both families, went in and did all the rehab work, a little bit of help from a, a contractor. But they went in and got this place up to the standards that they wanted to where it looked like that diner from the 1960s again. So it's pretty cool. And Holly um, also, you know, part of her thing is she runs a uh, grief anonymous program online with over uh, you know, 100,000 followers, but she runs the program out of there. Uh, you know, they have meetings there at the place once a week. Now they're temporarily closed, like I said, because of uh, COVID, but on a I, I, I would thoroughly suggest any of you to take a nice ride there when uh, this stuff clears up and you want to you know, get out and enjoy a nice sunny day in the summer, spring or fall and go there. It's a cool place to see a lot of Route 66 paraphernalia inside. There's also a little uh, mini museum in there as well. And the hot dogs in there are fantastic. I had a basic Chicago dog. And then I also had one of Holly's from Carolina. So she has a Carolina dog, which uh, was Plowman's mustard, um, throw some slaw in there and some chili. And that was also outstanding. So cool place to see and a cool dog. Now I'll hit on one more place, then I'll take a break and, uh, 
you know, and, and feel free to go ahead and uh, we can throw some questions about before I keep going. But uh, um, the uh, the other place I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit is, um, you know, for people that are big, are big time, uh, you know, into the food industry, you know, th uh, this gentleman's name that I'm going to mention, you know, he, he, he's a big wig in Chicago. You know, hot dog people may not know him. But the gentleman's name is Kevin Hickey. Um, and, you know, Kevin Hickey has worked for like the Four Seasons, Ritz-Carlton and places like, uh, you know, London and Dublin and, uh, you know, Beverly Hills, California, Chicago here. And now he's the owner of the Duck Inn. And the Duck Inn is uh, situated on the south side on the northern edge of, uh, of Bridgeport. And it's right about like 20, come over a bridge, uh, over a hill there over the Chicago River. And it's like 27th or so, 28th in Morgan. Okay. Um, it's right on the corner. And I have uh, this, his place I have listed as having the best specialty dog in Chicago. It's really not an ordinary hot dog. I mean, it's a step above everything because, you know, it also costs 10 bucks. But if you go there during happy hour, it's five bucks. So I like the happy hour discount. They have some good cold beers there too. Right now with COVID, you know they're, they're not doing the the hap, or they're not doing the uh, the happy hour pricing because you know they you know they're letting in limited numbers of people. So the full price stuff, I certainly understand that. But later on, when you're out there, it's a cool place to stop in and get a reduced price on a dog, save a few bucks, and have a few cold beers or something too. But um, so this dog is longer. It's made out of uh, it, one of the ingredients that it has in there, you know, kind of like the name of the, uh, the place itself, is it has some duck fat in there. And that duck fat combined with the beef and the rest of the ingredients and then the toppings that he puts on top of it, along with a long bun. It's a big hot dog and it is unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's specialty dog. So I, when I say what's the best dog in Chicago, you know, I go with one of the Chicago dogs. But, you know, a specialty dog is probably over and above that. And it was the best hot dog that I've ever tasted. So at the Duck Inn. And Kevin, uh, his history, you know, his, uh, after all that traveling and working in these different uh, places and, uh, you know, having this great reputation for, you know, being a, a great chef, he wanted to open up his own place. And he also, and I was like, well, how come you did it? You know, in Bridgeport, why didn't you go to some nice place up north or go downtown? He says, well, you know, he wanted to go. He wanted to return to where his family was from. So he actually lives on the same block that he grew up on. He has one son and he wanted him to be surrounded by family more. And then he also said, hey, uh, you know, my uh, one of my family members had owned uh, a place called the Duck Inn in the late 1800s. And it was just a little shop that they had. And he wanted to keep that name going and to keep the family tradition going. And that's how he came to open this up. As for the dog itself, you know, how did he come to go ahead and put this hot dog together? Um, during the Crosstown Classic, when the Cubs and Sox were playing each other back about, you know, five, six years ago or so for a, uh, you know, for a fundraiser benefit, he put together, you know, the, the hot dog. Okay, so the duck and dog wasn't called that at the time. He just put together his version of the Chicago dog, and it was such a hit that the you know everybody was raving about it. And so when he you know he asked if they could have the uh, you know have that dog put on the menu at the uh, Ritz at the time, 
And the, uh, as he likes to say, the European uh, hotelier boss said, no, it's beneath us. So he would not allow it to go on the menu. When that gentleman left, it went on the menu. It was a huge hit again. And when Kevin left to open up his own shop, he brought that with him. That was part of his brand, and it's become a hit there as well. The duck is pretty darn good, too, but that hot dog is fantastic. Well, I'll quit yakking for a little bit and uh, be glad to hear from some other folks if you have questions. And uh, um, I see a couple of you know things popping up here on the chat. I can take a peek, too. So, um, so yeah, one is uh, if you can repeat the name of the joint in Wilmington, and that is the duck, or excuse me, that is uh, the launching pad. Yeah, my bad. It's called the launching pad. And you can't miss it when you come in there because you'll see the Gemini giant standing up there. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Uh, this is Mark Reitman from Vienna Beef's Hot Dog University. Can you hear me? Hey, Mark, you know, you know I'm a proud graduate of your program. I know you are. And you know what? <laughs> so are Tully and Holly. They came right, to right. Hot they you and they knew nothing about hot dogs. And I am so extremely proud of what they've done in a short amount of time. Yeah, you know, they're really nice people and a great story. And I and I hope, uh, you know, like I said, once this COVID stuff uh, slows down, they get things going again, too. I look forward. I haven't had the opportunity to go out there yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I know, uh, you know, when I was uh, talking with them, too, they said that they had uh, also talked with, uh, you know, our, uh, your, your your buddy Murph, too. The Murphy, oh, yes, uh, yes. Was uh -huh. kind of working with them as, uh, you know, giving them some advice, too. And I think, Mark, you need to – so Mark teaches Hot Dog University at Vienna Sausage, right? Yes. And I hope someday maybe will come back and talk to us about it. And, by the way, I want you to know I am wearing the Hot Dog Hall of Fame T-shirt. I saw. Today. You must have gotten that from Bob Schwartz, I my sure roommate. Did. Okay. I sure <laughs> did. I sure yeah, did. I sure did. And, you know, and I, I uh, the Hot Dog University that Mark runs, it's a two-day program. Um, I attended it this year. Um, it was, uh, it, we, COVID had just kind of slid in. So Mark uh, went and put together the program and we covered things in one day because there was no visit to go to the plant to see things in action the following day due to COVID. But it was a great way, I mean, uh, being a lover of hot dogs to, you know, get the background, the information, it really helped me with the book. And then also, too, as I tell my wife, I said, hey, you know what? Don't be surprised. I said, one day I'm going to go out there and open up a hot dog stand. So, you know, I, I come from a family of electricians. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, I worked as an electrician for nine years. I also worked as a, uh, you know, Cook County Assistant State's Attorney. My background was in law and then a defense attorney. And I kind of, you know, burnt out on that uh that aspect. And I went on to go back to the family trade for nine years before, uh, you know, when I had kids go to college, I had to go earn a few more bucks. So I went back to, you know, working in uh, the law practice again. But, uh, you know, my goal at some point is I went to school down in Memphis is to uh, go back to Memphis one day and chill out and open up a hot dog shack down there. I think it would go over great. And uh, I know uh, getting the programs from Mark with, uh, you know, with the hot dog university would be very helpful. Thank you. And we look forward to your success because it'll be our success. Well, thanks, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see another question here. Uh, yeah. So um, and Ingrid has the um, put in here to everybody, the Gemini Giant uh, email there or the, uh, the, the web page. Um, and are you aware of the, few, uh, the history of Flukies? And that's from, uh, oh, from that's Merle. Me. Yeah, Merle, go I, ahead. I grew up with Flukies. 
Yeah, I know a little bit about Flukies, and I know that uh, there's still, I guess, one that's still um, kind of going out at, uh, like uh, at Walmart. Walmart. At Walmart in um, uh, Niles uh, on Tui Avenue, there's they have a little section, but I believe it was some workers who had bought it out, bought it out, and they're running it. But they have other things now. But yeah. goes back oh. A long, long time. I know they, I think they might have been on the west side of Chicago originally. That's too far back for me. But I remember going to Flukies quite a bit in the uh, uh, 60s and 70s at Pratt and Western in Chicago. Sure. Yeah, and I know, um, you know, um, you know, as far as like the history going back to, uh, you know, I mean, I went and dug up and, and you know, familiarized myself with some of the, you know, the history of the hot dog, you know, in order to, you know, get that. Um, the appreciation as I went out to talk to the people that were working the stands, mm-hmm. but uh, you know the whole process of 1893 and the hot dog kind of you know jumping in at the Chicago World's Fair, you know getting its you know getting its first little uh, chance to uh, make itself known here, mm-hmm. but uh, and then you know we had the Depression style dog, which many places still serve today. Right. Uh, my understanding was that it was. Uh, you know, maybe Mark can chime in on this too, that it was Flukies that kind of came up with some of those, you know, Chicago seven ingredients that made the yeah. dog. Well, well, a fl- well, a hot dog in those days, I guess, was a poor man's supper, but it was good. Right. Yeah, yeah they were one of the first hot dog stands to use our neon green relish back in the early 70s. Yeah, I know, I know there's an association between uh, Vienna products and uh, Flukies. You used to see the big signs with the Frankfurter all the time, you know, being a hot dogs, you mm-hmm. know, with the spirit in it. So I, I'm quite aware. Thank you. Yep. And uh, let's see here. Um, and uh, we've got uh, Ann wants to know what makes a great hot dog, in your opinion? Um, you know, one of the things I mentioned in the book is uh, to me, and you know, everybody's different, and you know, somebody, I, I've had a lot of people say, oh, you, you're like the ketchup police. What's up with the ketchup? And I said, no, I mean, uh, I'm really not the ketchup police. I thought it was a fun title of the book. I don't like ketchup on my hot dogs. I'm a, more of a Chicago purist. But I also, and I, I, I would tell people, I said, hey, here's the deal. I said, uh, when I went and attended Hot Dog U, you know, as Mark was explaining that when I was there, there online with him, is that, you know, if you put those Chicago seven ingredients, you know, I was calling them magnificent seven in the book, but if you put on the mustard, the onions, the relish, the tomatoes, the pickle, the sport peppers and dust it up with uh, the celery salt. If you put all that on there and then you add ketchup to it, um, you know, what Mark was saying at the uh, hot dog university is it gives it far too much acidity that makes it too sweet. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, if I'm around the house and I just happen to boil up a dog or I cook one on the grill, I might put a little squirt of ketchup on a plate, just, you know, take the dog and dip it in and eat it. And to me, that's fine. But if I'm putting it on a bun, I'm not throwing ketchup on there. I'm sticking with those Chicago 7, the Magnificent 7 ingredients. So what makes a really good hot dog? Well, yes, to me, having those ingredients. But when I go get a hot dog, I go and get two. I get one with everything. And I get one with no relish just to have a couple different flavors going. And so I like it. You know, the bun has to be steamed. That's huge to me. I prefer poppy seed, but if it's a regular bun, I'm okay with it. But it has to be steamed. I like the feel of that bun. It just, it gives it much, you know, gives it a better flavor, but it can't be overly steamed where it's melting or anything either. But it also, uh, 
you know, I, I do prefer a dog with snaps, so the encased dog as opposed to the skinless dog. But I, I, I can, you know, enjoy both types of hot dogs as well. But then putting those, uh, you know, it, it can't be sitting in the steamer for too long where it starts to turn rubbery either. You know, you need to toss those dogs out. You get a fresh dog that's steamed with a steamed bun and put those ingredients on it. That's uh, getting you on your way to a good dog. But the other part, in my opinion, is almost a little psychological. I like coming into a place that has some cool colors, you know, that looks like, looks like a cool hot dog place. You know, a place like if you're familiar with uh, um, up on the north side, uh, Badaki's over at, uh, you know, just off of Lawrence and Damon. You know, it's got the red and yellow shack going. It's, it just has a cool look to it. You know, even uh, on the south side, you know, Fat Johnny's is a beat up old shack. But it has a cool look to it because you're coming up to it and it's just white with stuff painted all it and signs on there. It kind of gives that good vibe that makes eating a hot dog even better. And then if you have a mom or pop owner that's there and, uh, you know, that you, know, you get the chance to chat with them and have a little fun, I think that also adds into the mix, too. Um, yeah, taking a look at By another. By the way, somebody mentioned Fat Johnny's and mentioned the mother-in-law. Have you yeah, had... you know, the mother-in-law, um, you know, when I go to Fat Johnny's, I almost always just get the hot dog. Um, but on occasion, I'll go ahead. I, I don't do the mother-in-law, but I'll go ahead and do the mighty dog. Okay. And the mighty dog is, you know, taking your bun, putting a tamale in there, splitting the tamale in half, throwing the dog in there and in that split tamale and then doing the, um, the uh, chili and cheese over that. And that, by, that by, by, by the way, we have somebody, I hope he agrees to unmask himself. I didn't talk to him before, but Peter Angler, he's the one who documented the mother-in-law. Oh, it's okay. It's now been, and he's here today. Do you want to say something, Peter? Peter. Please. Are you there, Peter? He He's here. Maybe he's not at his computer. I don't know. I, maybe, well, I, maybe I put him to sleep already. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. In fact, uh, he, he wanted to talk to you about the cover of your book. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know what was kind of cool on this book, guys? Uh, you know, so the... The other three books that I wrote were uh, published by two different publishing companies, both of them here in Chicago. On this book, um, you know, this is a self-published book. I was sitting there going, uh, you know, should I go back to one of the other publishers and ask them to do it? Or, you know, should we go here? And I had a little bit of interest from one of my old publishers, but the time frame was just going to take so long. That by the time, you know, you go and, and get the book ready, you know, the pricing on the hot dogs have already changed a bunch. Maybe some stands have closed. So I said, you know what, this is the perfect kind of book just to do on my own and self-publish it. And then my son, uh, Patrick, did the cover. He's a, uh, a graphic design a graduate from St. Norbert College up in, in De Pere, Wisconsin. He's working, as many of the Foley's have, as an electrician now. But uh, he, he does uh, book design uh, in his spare time. So he, he, I thought he did a real nice job on this cover. And he did, but he missed one little detail. Ah, I, I'm, I'm representing yeah. Peter Angler on this. He, he's not able to come on. He, he just said to know. But it's not, a, it's not a natural casing hot dog. Yeah, and, and also there's uh, um, there's and also, he noticed. I I'm looking at the book. I don't know. He's like, look at that. It doesn't have the neon relish, and it also has cucumbers on there too. Yes, so, and that's yes. fine. But uh, I mean, and he, he went with that because that was the dog that I chose. Um, so I, I gave him that dog to use, 
because um, I, I I didn't want to do uh, you know um, you know Vienna beef. I love Vienna beef. That's my favorite brand. But I didn't want to have something that looked too much like that Vienna beef hot dog that we all know and see because I didn't want it to be any you know any problems with hey you're using our product. So I right. went with something a little bit different, and then he he went with the cover from there. And uh, yeah, I had a couple people give me some flack about the dog on there. They also wanted to know, hey, they wanted to know, hey, whose hot dog is this? And I said, I will never disclose this fact. So, really? <laughs> so does that mean it's not in your 50 hot dogs? Well, you know, I can't really say at this point, so. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, perhaps you want to just move on to the next round and then we can always add these questions later. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, I did not uh, see this. Uh, okay. Well, okay. And we'll come back, uh, Jill. Yeah. We will mention stashes before the evening's over because I have something to say about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I, I say one thing about stashes, sure. I I remember before Stash moved to Highland Park, he used yes. to have the hot dog stand in Albany Park, Mutton Jeff. Yes. And, and who was his partner? Lefty Rosenthal. Right. And do you do you want to remind people where we have seen Lefty Rosenthal? Casino. Right. Casino. And it was the Robert De Niro character who, when he turned the key and blew up, that was Stash's former partner. <laughs> I wished I knew about that when he was alive and kicking, because I would have loved to have asked a few questions about what was it like to work with a partner? I mean, he probably, did you know the partner, uh, Mark? No, I, I had never met him. It was before my time working with Vienna. Yeah, yeah. That's that, And the thing is, I'm of the age where I never went to that hot dog stand. It was too, too little mm -hmm. or not big enough or something. Anyway, go on. Go on, Dennis. Go yeah, on to so the next I'm gonna segment. Go ahead and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw out there my little hit list of uh, – of uh, my top five places, north, south, um, you know, and just so folks know, I didn't, uh, you know, um, when I, I, I was on WGM with Bob Surratt and, you know, he, he was kind enough to put a plug on the back of the book. And as he said on there, uh, hey, you know, keep this book and, you know, it, uh, you'll never go hungry in the city. How about an all suburban edition next? Um, you know, I didn't really go into the suburbs much because my focus was the city. Huh. I did hit a few places just because those were some of the recommendations that I got. That's how I kind of came across a place like, uh, like the uh, launching pad out there in, uh, in Wilmington. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about, um, you know, like I said, the Chicago uh, focus, but I'll, I'll hit on my top five North South suburban and then the specialties. And as I kind of go through the list, I'll throw a few items out there that really kind of stood out to me. And also maybe something about the place that's a few of them that's a little bit unique. So, um, yeah, on the, on the uh, north side, I have Wolfie's is my number one. You know, Wolfie's over on uh, Peterson and right about uh, California. Mm -hmm. uh, Byron's. Um, Byron's at one point has, you know, had as many as four or five different dog stands over the years. Right now they have two. Um, the one that I typically go to is just around the corner from Wrigley Field over on Irving Park in Sheridan. It's right below the, the L stop there. And then the other one that, uh, um, that Mike Payne has um, is over on uh, uh, Lawrence and, and one block west of, of Ashland. Now, I'll say this about um, Byron's. That, in my opinion, is the ultimate drag-it-through-the-garden hot dog. 
Um, as he said, you know, when he went to work with, uh, you know, Byron, the original owner, the two of them formed together. You know, Mike had been a, uh, a delivery man on a, on a, he was a young guy on a milk truck and he got to know Byron at the place that he owned. And he told him he wanted to, uh, Byron said he wanted to open up a hot dog joint. And Mike told him that, hey, I worked for Hasty Tasty years ago. And that's how, you know, when they opened the place up, you know, Mike was the one that pushed to drag it through the garden approach because, you know, in addition to those uh, Magnificent Seven ingredients, he also has lettuce, green pepper, and then also, uh, you know, both, you know, not just dill spears, you know, dill pickle, but also regular pickle. When I go there, I tell him to put everything on there except for the lettuce. I'm still not putting lettuce on my hot dog. And when they, when I say they drag it through the garden, if you hadn't had a Byron's dog, they basically put a salad on top of your dog. So what I do, I'm one of those guys that I'll pull off stuff and put it on the side and get to the dog and the kind of stuff I like the most and eat it. And then I'll eat the green pepper and the cucumbers and the pickles and then the dill pickle on the side. It's, uh, you know, like 375 for a dog and it's a complete meal right there. So that's the number two. Um, three is a famous old place that uh, you know doesn't need us to say much about it. Uh, Superdog, you know, Superdog could easily be one number one everywhere. The reason why I had it as a three is just you know it's a different kind of hot dog. It's it's really not the you know it's a bigger dog, and uh, you know it's also you know up there in a you know six dollar plus range. So you know, the green tomato. Yeah, and it's a little different. It's a great dog, but I kind of went with the other guys first and second because theirs are a little bit more kind of like Chicago dogish. Um, yeah, and after that, um, there's a place right over by DePaul called Broncos, Broncos Sandwich Shop. A great lady runs the place. I have one of my favorite chats uh, when I was sitting down with somebody, um, you know, going through these interviews, but talking with her name is Anja Bronco. She's uh, same age as I am. Uh, I, I just turned 60. She's right there. She, uh, you know, the place right now is it's, you know, it's unfortunately it's not permanently closed. She's also on a hold. The reason being is you know, she runs the shop all by herself and she'd be fine continuing to do that. But she also cares for her two elderly parents that are in their 80s, and they live in the uh, in the apartment above the shop. So right now, her focus is staying with her parents and keeping them COVID free, and not you know working the shop and bringing stuff up to them. So they're temporarily closed. But yeah, the, that family came over from Yugoslavia. She is one of the hardest working persons I've ever seen, um, and such a a pleasant woman to talk to. Sat me down, gave me a cup of tea in the back room and would jump out to handle orders. But uh, what I really liked about it was, you know, being by, by DePaul, walking distance right across the street, you know, obviously a lot of students come in. She befriended a lot of students over the years, students that continue to come back and see her because she treats them. She has two children of her own, but she gets to, as she says, I can see the problem children, you know, some people that have something bothering them. I can see that. And she gravitates more towards those people, brings them in and kind of helps them and tells them, Hey, I want you to call me mama. So that's what my article about her about in the book was, you know, here's this lady who, you know, kind of weaves her magic on these kids and helps them get through school. She also grades papers for them and, uh, you know, gives suggestions on rewrites and things like that. So she's a very cool lady. Broncos was number four. 
And I mentioned Budaki's. Um, that was my number five on the north side. That's the place over on uh, um, on Lawrence, uh, you know, right off on uh, Damon, right off of Lawrence. On the south side, I, you know, in, in the book, I'm going to read this little quote just to be silly here. But uh, in Fat Johnny's, I started off with, oh, Fat Johnny, how I love thee. Let me count thy ways. Billy Shakespeare. Okay. So I had a little fake quote there from William Shakespeare. Fat Johnny's is my uh, favorite dog on the south side. Um, he, everything is always fresh. The ingredients, uh, you know, he, he's had stuff good going for 50 years now. Um, Don's is my number two, which is at Kedzie and 78th Street. Fat Tommy's that I mentioned, you know, with the gentleman that broke his thumbs in a skiing accident. Number three, great hot dog, but I highly recommend trying his Ditka or Butkus. If you ever make the pil pilgrimage to Mount Greenwood, tell him you want the Ditka or Butkus, and here's what you'll get. Here's the difference. He's going to go ahead and take a put a bacon-wrapped Polish sausage, throw it in the deep fryer for about five minutes, six minutes, pull it out, put it in the bun, give it a shot of mustard, throw some caramelized onions on there, okay, and cheese, and that's the Ditka. And then if you want the butt kiss, he's going to throw chili on top of it. Now that is a heart attack sandwich right there, and I love it. It's a great one to try. Um my uh, number four, unfortunately, is a place that just recently closed. It's sad, but uh, Dan's over on 94th and, and Ashland. Um, he, he's a, all, all these places, uh, just a, well, most of them are places that are in the Vienna Beef Hall of Fame. And I know Dan was really excited. Well, he just went into the Vienna Beef Hall of Fame probably three years ago. But now, uh, you know, the place is closed up. So ho hopefully something reopens, you know, for him later. And then the... Uh, um, my fifth favorite place is a place I just went to two days ago on the south side, Skyway Doghouse. Okay, right at the corner of 95th and Ewing over on the uh, on the east side of Chicago. Um, I'm going to you know, just skim through a couple of the others, but I do want to give you one of my favorite new discoveries. This is a place I didn't know anything about. So picture this, you know, one of the things I was fortunate enough to do over the years, I, I taught a high school English creative writing and law for six years um, at St. Lawrence High School. And uh, the uh, president of our school is a gentleman named Tom Angela, very distinguished, you know, um, just pious man that really worked hard. And of course, I had to tag him with a nickname. Uh, I, I used to, you know, here's this, you know, higher up guy, but you know, I got to have a little fun with him. I called him the penguin. I said, hey, you're not the uh, Burgess Meredith penguin. You're more of the Danny DeVito penguin. But he calls me up one day when he found out I was doing the book. And he said, uh, um, you got to try Henry's over in Cicero. So uh, part of what could be a cool ride, you know, that's also, that's Ogden Avenue at about um, Austin. So, you know, one day you could do the Henry's on Ogden, which is Route 66, start there, have a dog, and then weave your way on out to Wilmington about an hour and 20 minutes later and go have another dog out there at the launching pad. But what he does at uh, Henry's, uh, the owner, Tony Rotolo, real nice gentleman. Um, he, uh, you know, well, he, he has his dogs that are made uh, at a place in Michigan, you know, pursuant to his ingredients, the way he wants it. But what he, he, he took me down into the basement and showed me 
I said, you know, the flavor on here is very different. I, I said, it, I mean, what is it? Is it just the, the, the different ingredients? He goes, no, let me show you. And he took me down into the basement and there was this, it looked like a furnace, but it had arms going all over the place. It's a steam generator. So he said that he can cook a hot dog in seven seconds, you know, rather than leaving it lay in a steam table all day where it could be get rubbery and discolored. He goes ahead and uh, the, the dogs have that flavor from his ingredients. And it also is always fresh because they can cook it as they get their orders, too. And it really made a difference. I thought it was pretty cool that he had this. So that's Henry's over there in Cicero. Pretty cool find. Um, he would also be one of those guys that, you know, came into the hot dog game by chance. He didn't have any intention to become a owner of a hot dog place. His dad was buying the place from Mr. Henry and then his dad died. So Mr. Henry offered it to the son, you know, Tony, who was only 25 at the time. And he said, okay, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the hot dog stand. So that's how he came into it. You know, sadly enough, his father died and he jumped into the hot dog game. So now it's been 30 years and he's got a good thing going. Isn't Henry's the one that has like a big hot dog? Yeah, um, it, has a, it has a really cool neon sign yeah, there. And yeah. it has, uh, you know, it's the the hot dog going up, I think a sprinkle, like a couple of fries, and it says a meal in itself. And that's what it has uh, lit up in the neon there. Yeah, neat, neat spot. Um, yeah, so the, uh, um, the last place I'm going to throw at you um, is, uh, I'll throw two at you, but, you know, Another specialty dog, kind of a cool place. It's in Bridgeport called uh, Kimsky. Kimsky. So it's what they're what's going on there. It's a it's a mixture of Polish and Korean food. So the Kopo. So it's a specialty dog, bigger dog, bigger bun. They put the Polish in there, and they put some the kimchi uh, and the spices on there, and just has a great flavor. It's a kind of an interesting place because. Uh, I mean, uh, if, if, if you don't like music and kind of loud music, because you go get a, your dog, if you go sit in the back, you know, the walls are shaking. It, it's rocking in there. So if you don't want that, you'll get your dog and sit up front by the window that overlooks the street. You can eat in a little, you know, it's a bit quieter, but it's a neat little spot. And, uh, you know, and then his brother owns a little brewery right down the street about a, a half a mile away. So you can go have a, a, you know, a dog there, a Polish there, and then run over uh, the Marzuski brothers and go uh, to Mars Brewery just down the street in Bridgeport and, uh, and go try a couple craft beers. So um, the last spot I was going to mention, and, and uh, um, Mark, Mark Reitman may know a little bit about this guy, too, but... Uh, um, this is a, the, the hot dog stand itself has been around for a little bit. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a place called Doug's out in Oak Forest. And the reason why I'm bringing this place up, it's kind of cool when you see a young guy jump into the mix. Um, they wrote about him as one of the, you know, people that they mentioned in the, um, Sun-Times article. His name is Nicky, uh, Nick Versetto. He's a 37 year old guy that looks like he could be a high school senior. He has one of those little baby faces. And he had already kind of made his mark uh, flipping houses and working in the banking industry, but he always wanted to open a hot dog stand. So he bought um, Doug's Dogs in, uh, in October and went ahead and, and you know, pushed the products that they had there away and went back to Vienna Beef and got Vienna Beef products and lowered the prices to give people more of a value and did fresh cut fries and all that. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's good to see a young guy who's coming in and he's doing it the right way, and he's got a really good dog. So, yeah, uh, you know, when you go there, it has uh, the place itself has Lady Liberty up on the roof. And so as you're coming down 159th Street in Oak Forest, you can see Lady Liberty looking out at you. You know you're getting close. And uh, he, he just put a new addition on, and it's, you know, a neat spot that he's uh, it's changing over. He's going to call it Nikki V's, so it's in that process now. But another place worth uh, checking out, too. But how about, uh, Kathy, what do you think? Jump back to some more questions. And, and actually, if you don't mind, entertain a question I have, and yeah. it's not on your 50 best. And okay. maybe you don't know much about it, but there's sure. these Bozo hot dog stands. I see them oh. on the south side. I see them in northwest Indiana. And it's some of the worst hot dogs I've ever had. <laughs> well, you know what? What I did, uh, I mean, uh, we, we could have fun talking about some bad hot dogs, too, because, you know, in this book, I, people are saying, oh, you gave everybody three or three and a half or four stars. I said, yeah, because I wrote about the good ones. It wasn't my mission to beat up the bad places. But there were. It, it's know, not my effort to be mean, but oh, it's no, like puzzling it. how yeah. it continues to exist. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, and I had a few places like uh, where I went, and I was like, "You got like a, a buddy of mine. It was a, a foodie, one of my foodie trusted foodie guys, told me to go get a dog at this place." And I was like, "That thing was god awful." And not only that, but the guy went to put it in the microwave to heat it up. Oh no! You know, don't send me to a place where they're going to heat up my hot dog in a microwave. So and then it didn't help matters when I walked outside the door, the door and, a, and a little rat followed me back to my car. <laughs> that, that place definitely did not make it into the book. But, yeah, you want, want me to pick up a couple questions here? Uh, okay. Um, but, by the way, now, what about is, um, is Jim's original on your list? Yeah, so uh, Jim's original's on there, yes, as is uh, his next-door neighbor, you know, one of the family members from years ago, Express Grill. And uh, you know, what I did there with Jim's, and I think they both have, uh, you know, interesting stuff, but what I did there is I did, you know, I didn't go Polish, because, you know, that's, I think that's probably what they're both known for more. That's what I, I did love. A, I did a dare to compare with the hot dogs, one versus the other who was better that's the only comparison i really did in the book i just thought it was fun you know going on and you know discovering a few more things and what i found out it was kind of interesting too is you know i went with uh um with express grill next door i mean and if you got if folks if, you, if you've been there you know what i'm talking about but they're literally about 45 feet apart oh and yeah family members that have ward ward over stuff over the years and uh, I went, you know, Jim's is one that probably is more well-known, but uh, with the uh, Dare to Compare, I gave the nod to Express, Express Grill. They're both in the uh, Vienna Beef Hall of Fame. But what I noticed that day is, hey, uh, Express Grill has Vienna plastered all over the place, and Jim's didn't. And I, I, I kind of noticed the dog tasting a little different. And, you know, what the, you know, what the Express did is put a little, you know, something else on there. I, they threw a little... Um, instead of just the Maxwell style mustard and onion, they threw some relish on there too. And I thought Express's hot dog was better. That was Can I make it just a quick aside about Jim's original. I went there the first time when it was still Halstead and Maxwell sure. Street. And this was an era I went with my parents. It was culinary stories did a tour. And I have to tell you, when I parked the car, I kind of said goodbye to the car because I wasn't sure I would see the car again. <laughs> there was all these dilapidated buildings. And, you know, then there's the panhandlers, right? 
Yeah, but yeah. as we took this tour, we learned all the dilapidated buildings were owned by the university and they let them get worse because they wanted to prove that they wanted to rehab the neighborhood. The panhandlers, yes, they were there, but they were also kind of like the security. And they were no, they had to have good behavior because if they didn't, they couldn't panhandle there. Mm-hmm. Then we went into the back room and they had these barrels and they had this guy come in like one day a week and just peel onions. So they would have fresh onions. And they showed us how they pickled. They pickled their own um, peppers there. Mm, okay. So I, I actually, when I go, I usually get the Polish with the mustard and the onions and I get the peppers wrapped separately to bring home to my dad who puts them on his hot dogs. That's, <laughs> that's how we go. deal with gyms. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little something extra for dad, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And he's listening. He's probably thrilled. Well, you know what? How about if we do uh, how about if we go like this? I'll go through a few more questions and sure. then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a couple of questions from the quiz and we'll give out some books to people. How's that? Okay, and maybe somebody wants to say something more. We'll find out as we yeah, go. Anybody else Great. have something right now? You know, if somebody just want to un, un, unmute yourself and say something, that would be just fine. Just um, yeah. And by the way, uh, somebody has something on here with a great point, too. Um, what about Gene and Jude's? Yeah, Gene and Jude's is listed in there as my, one of the top five suburban dogs. You know, Gene and Jude's been around forever. Great dog. You go there and it's like an assembly lot, uh, line. Uh, you know, they do it. Boom, they get you in and, and you're getting a, a good dog, no doubt, with the, uh, you know, depression style with the fries on there. So, yeah, I'm a lover of uh, Gene and, and Jude's. I actually had them listed as my third in the suburbs. And the reason for that simply is, you know, the other places that I have on there, um, I had a launching pad ahead of it because I prefer that Chicago style dog. And, you know, Gene and Jude's has a depression style, you know, fewer ingredients. And then I also listed Henry's just because Henry's was so unique with that uh, steam generator. But Gene and Jude's is a fabulous dog. But Gene and Jude's, you cannot get a packet of ketchup. <laughs> and there's that McDonald's next door. Is that wrong, Kathy? Is it wrong to not get a packet of ketchup? No, no, no. But it's <laughs> but I think the McDonald's next door, they would tell them go next door to McDonald's to get the ketchup. <laughs> and now they will charge you for the ketchup. They know what the scheme is. Yeah, oh that's good. Let's see. Um I got a question. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Hi. Um my question is regarding uh, when when uh, stands will make their own peppers, their own hot peppers, their own sport peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know which ones do, but you know, like you can definitely tell the difference uh, versus like a you know just a normal bottled Vienna beef sport peppers. You know, for example, um, mm-hmm. I think of uh, Jimmy's on Grand. Uh, have phenomenal peppers. They're like the longer sport peppers, and then also. One second, honey. Jim's uh, Jim's original, I think, has they have their own peppers, and like I love spicy peppers, but those ones are almost almost unbearably hot <laughs> every time. I still get it, but it's unbearably hot. So I want to know if you had any joints that you know. Yep, they make their own peppers, and it's one to go check out. Yeah, you know what? I mean, when you when you mentioned that, like about Jim's original, yeah, when I eat those peppers there too. I take a bite of the pepper and I have to like throw a couple of fries in them too, to kind of absorb some of that heat, you know, chomping on a couple of French fries helps, but no, I, I don't, I really don't have places that I was, uh, you know, distinguishing with that had, um, you know, uh, made their own. 
Um, when it comes to the peppers, I'm a little bit weird with my peppers. They throw a couple on there, two or three. Uh, I usually take two off, eat one on the side. And then what I like to do is, you know, something I kind of learned uh, from going to hot dog university is, you know, I, I, uh, the, I, I just you know, take a, a bite off the tip of the pepper and then, then squeeze the juice along the hot dog. So I still get that flavor, but avoid some of the heat because yeah, after I eat one pepper, I'm kind of hiding from the rest and I just want that flavor from the juice. So that's what I kind of do there. I have something to add about peppers from Hot Dog U. Anytime you, so first of all, the peppers that we use in Vienna are all called sport peppers and they are grown only in fields in Mexico. What happens is, is sometimes when there's too much rain, the peppers enlarge in size two and three, four times of the regular size. And when they do, those are called Mexi sports, M-E-X-I sports. And those are like 20 times the heat of the regular smaller <laughs> pepper. So if you go into a hot dog stand and they have like a mutant pepper on it, get ready to get your mouth burned. We had, them, we, we had a series of them many, many years ago. We had to put a disclaimer on the two and five gallon pails saying these are Mexi peppers and they're way hotter than the regular sport pepper that we, you know, we're, we're getting from Mexico. But you're right. I'm happy you learned that by squeezing the juice out of the pepper without the seeds or any of the skin, you get the full flavor of the pepper without any heat. Yeah. And that was yeah. taught to me by Jim Bodman, the owner of Vienna Beef, the guy who hired me. I had no idea when I first started working there because sport peppers are too hot for me. Sure, sure. Let's see. Um, yeah, you know, well, and, and John uh, has a note on here just saying a hot dog has to be paired with good fries to make my list. You know, that's a good point. I mean, uh, you know, fries are, I mean, very important to me as well. I, 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 I don't really go to a couple like a Fat Johnny's, for instance, doesn't offer fries. So, uh, you know, so I'll just get the hot dogs there. But, you know, I, I typically want to have good fries with it. And it does make a huge difference. I mean, it kind of makes it more of a meal. It makes it more enjoyable. So it's a good point there, John. Um, yeah, anybody else uh, questions? Uh, otherwise, we can go to the quiz. Can you talk about what places might be actually open now? You are making me so hungry for a Chicago Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, uh, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, depending, you know, depending on where people are, you know, I like to say, you know, the go-tos, where you're at in different areas of the, you know, city or the burbs too. It's funny, uh, um, you know, like by me, Fat Johnny's closes down at about six. Um, if I'm going to go get a nearby hot dog, I'm going there. But if I'm, uh, you know, if you wanted to go to Henry's and Cicero, that place is open later and you can go there and get yourself a hot dog still, Kathy. You can go ahead and listen and you can listen to the debate on the radio and go get yourself a hot dog at Henry's. Um, you know, I, I have a son that lives up near Loyola in Rogers Park. And I like to go ahead when I, you know, I like my ride along Lakeshore and I'll jump off and I'll go grab my uh, my Byron's dog. Know because it's right there, not far from uh, Lakeshore. Get back on and head up, or just go down Sheridan. So, you know, not too far away from you. But you would probably go to your probably go to Stash's, right, Kathy? Stash's isn't open anymore. I I know that one sadly. Uh, but last year was the sesquicentennial for uh, Highland Park, and we had a sign devoted to uh, Stash's, but. Stashes, here was one of the reasons why I wanted stashes. 
so, so when he, back in the early 70s, there was a magazine, you know, it's now called Chicago Magazine, but before it was Chicago Guide. And they had an article on like the 10, 15 best hot dogs in Chicago. And Stashes came in third and they got this little bronze hot dog, which was on there. So when we were doing the sesquicentennial, I says, I want to mention, you know, this, this award, this honor that Stashes got in the early 70s. Nobody remembered it except me, it seemed. I contacted Bob Schwartz at uh, Vienna, and he remembered the article. In fact, it was a Highland Parker who wrote the article. Uh, but he says, but I don't, I, you know, I don't remember about Stashes, but I think it was like Flukies or Wolfies that came in first place that time. But I know Stashes was third. And then um, I kind of started digging around, and I found the sun, um, but, you know, nowadays nobody has a landline, so it's not you, like you go to the telephone book, but I did find his address and knocked on his door, and it was like, who's there? And I was like, it's the Highland Park Historical Society. Are you related to Stashes? And I felt, oh, my God, I, I needed that gingham dress, and I needed a little basket. I don't know. It was just, or maybe I should wear a, 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 a costume. But anyway, he affirmed what I knew. That, that Stashes had definitely won this award because everybody else, I was beginning to think I was crazy, but I remember the award and he gave us a picture of it and some other things. And when Stashes, when they had the uh, first Hot Dog Hall of Fame, Stashes was in it. So my recollections were sound and it's a proud moment. I, I know we have other hot dog stands in Highland Park, but you know, this was the one that resonated with me the most. So sure, sure. And it's my what, project, so there you go. Well, what year? What year did Stashes shut down? Uh, twenty twelve. He had sold it to somebody else, and they were. I mean, there was Stashes, and then he had like an Italian restaurant in the same location. There was all sorts of things going on, and then it abruptly closed. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. that was too bad. But uh, I, I, I miss Stashes, and what, what surprises me. I never really knew what Stash's last name was. It was like Jacobson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be something else. But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Yeah. Well, on, on the, uh, I'll throw a couple uh, questions out there, uh, quiz questions, and we'll, we'll uh, you know, give away a few books here. Um, so uh, um, I guess maybe the best way is if someone, if you type it in, the answer, then we'll see it. The first person that gets it right um, we'll, we'll get it. And if, if, if nobody's getting the answer, I'll give some hints so that somebody gets it right. Okay. All right. Here we go. This is for a copy of No Ketchup. Okay. All righty. Who claims to have invented the chili cheese dog? Anybody? You want to type it in or call it out? All righty, I'm not seeing anything coming up, so I'm going to give you a hint. Okay, who claims to have invented the chili cheese dog? It's the same guy who does the mother-in-law and the mighty dog. Fat Johnny's. Yes. <laughs> who, who, who was it? Who got that answer? Jay. Okay, Jay. All right, here we go with number Thank two. Thank you. Sure. This one. This is going to be your choice. The Memoir of the Drunkard's Son, the story collection by Chicago writers 
um, we speak Chicagoese or the Blue Circus, which uh, people are looking at right now as a, you know, whatever, a potential uh, TV pilot. So um, here we go. Next question from the quiz in the book. If the current president of the United States came to Chicago to get a hot dog, to what hot dog joint would he likely not go? Oh, the Wiener Circle for sure. Wiener Circle. Yes, yes. Now, did you see the, um, you know, because they, they had a sign out there at one point, the, the Trump dog. Uh -huh. three, <laughs> yeah, three-inch special. So, yeah. <laughs> but they also had one recently, uh, um, the Hunter Biden buys his Coke here. Okay, you know, so they'll, they'll always have some kind of politically incorrect something on their Equal standard. opportunity. <laughs> so, um, and who was that again that got Wiener Circle? I think it was me. Yeah, okay, so, and which book would you like of the three left? Um, I'd like the story collection. Yeah, the Chicagoese? Yes. Okay, real good. And by the way, as you can see here, the Chicagoese, uh, you see the um, it says stories and poems by Chicago writers. It's like under an L track. That's the uh, parking lot to Byron's at uh, on Irving Park. <laughs> All right. Okay, next question. I mentioned this name a little bit earlier today. At what hot dog joint slash sandwich shop is the lady who runs the counter known as Mama? Broncos. Broncos, who was that? That was me on the iPad. I'm Kathy. Okay, Kathy. All but right. Also, there's another one where there's a mama, and it happens to be Poochie's sister, and she runs the counter at Red Hot Ranch on Ashland Avenue. Oh, okay. There. She she goes by mama as well? Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. That's a great place. Okay. And I'm a public defender, just so you know. Oh, okay. Well, you know, as a former state's attorney, we could go have some battles one day, huh? And have a hot dog, too. There, there we go. <laughs> hey, your choice. So a memoir of the drunkard's son, a novel, City of Chicago, um, the Blue Circus. I'll take Blue Circus, please. Thank you. Thank you very much for sure. doing this. Oh, this has been fun. Um, the last one on here. Um, as a youngster, this hot dog fanatic once had the goal of running for mayor of Chicago. Who is this crazy person? I'm going to give you a hint. Oh, I Portillo. You. you. Who said you first? Kathy, the public defender. <laughs> I'll, I'll send the book. I'll, I'll um, pass it to somebody else because okay. I've already gotten one to have yeah. it fair. Okay. Who else? Who else then? We have uh, Anne. Anne Farrell. Okay. Anne. Uh, uh, a last one I'm throwing in as a bonus just because it's a little fun. Last one. So... Uh, I had the opportunity to write a screenplay um, five years ago. It was filmed here in Chicago on the South Side, primarily. Um, Richard Roper, um, when it was screened, gave it uh, three stars and, and, and did it at a, had it on the cover of the weekend edition for the Sun Times, and then had a nice review in there. It's called uh, "Not a Stranger." This is just a, um, it, it's available on Amazon and stuff now, but uh, um, it, uh, it went to the, you know, film festivals and won a couple of awards, but uh, um, it's, uh, it came out and was distributed as of 2018, but I still have, I, I bought some uh, DVDs years ago to give out to people who helped support the project. So I have a, a, an extra here. Um, 
It was really cool. We had three young actors that were in there. I don't know if you guys, that face of the man there, when you see him, you'll know him. Okay. And uh, um, his, his name is uh, James Russo. He's been in about a hundred different movies. He does a lot of Johnny Depp movies because he's, uh, you know, his Johnny Depp is the godfather for one of his sons. He's the godfather for one of Johnny Depp's sons. So he's been in like Django, well, Django Unchained. He, you know, uh, he's been in like uh, uh, one of my favorite mob movies, uh, Donnie Brasco. Um, so he's part of that crew in there. Um, he was in, uh, you know, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High many, many years ago. Um, so you'll, you'll recognize that face. So he was the lead actor in this. He's typically, you know, plays a supporting role, but he got to be the lead. So I'm going to throw a question at you from the old Streets and Sandman book. Okay. Um, how many city electricians does it take to screw in a light bulb? Three. Twelve. Three. I got a three and I got a 12. Okay. All right. No, but hey, the person with three was getting close. Someone has it depends. Five. Oh, John, <laughs> John has it depends, but I'm going with four. He says, "You're there's right." A great, there's a great Jewish mother joke about that. Yeah, <laughs> no, this one goes. Yeah, this one. This one. The uh, yeah, the four goes like this. Okay, one electrician to hold the light bulb on the ladder. Two guys to turn the ladder and one guy to go ahead and issue the instructions as the foreman. So four city electricians to screw in a light bulb. So John, and we'll get you uh, the DVD for that uh, that movie. And I, I hope you enjoy it. This was terrific. Yeah, this I hope everybody so I hope much everybody fun. Had, I hope everybody had some fun. It's always good oh, yeah. talking about hot dogs. Absolutely, and uh, and you know what? I moderate a, a food website, and we have no politics, no religion. But what we didn't realize, those that founded that organization, there's politics in hot dogs, pizza, barbecue, whatever. <laughs> because it's like whatever you grew up eating, that's what you love, and you'll fight to the <laughs> to the death. There you go. Thank you so uh, much. This is yeah, terrific. Well, and uh, once again, thanks everybody for coming out. I had fun. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. And uh, now we go on to the show of shows. Yes. Thanks again, right. guys. Good night, bye everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye now. Good bye. night. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're Have welcome. Good night.